Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of the Matador Yacht Cast. Yes, I said Yacht Cast, not Podcast. We are here at sunny Tampa, Florida, right outside of the Digital Dealer Conference, and I have some amazing guests with me. Welcome to the Matador Yacht Cast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. And we're going to have some awesome conversations. Let me introduce these amazing individuals. I have Rachel, Lisa, and Scott with me. I love these guys because they come from very different uh, aspects and parts of the business. So we're going to really kind of talk about, you know, what, what's kind of fundamentally changed in the last 24 months and what, what kind of changes you guys see forward. But before we do that, I love kicking off our podcast with some origin stories. So, so I'd love to kind of hear a little bit about yourself, what you guys are doing now, and how you got started in the industry. Rachel, I'll start with you, and then I'll kind of work my way down to Scott. Sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name's Rachel Hetland, and I'm currently a service manager at Smart Motors Toyota in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, my story is a little weird. One, because I'm a female, and uh, two, my beginning was just out of the blue. My junior year in high school, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take an auto class, because they offered it, and was like, Let's give it a try. Sure. Uh, I ended up loving it. Uh, went back my senior year, did it again, and then decided that I wanted to pursue it and be an automotive technician. So I went to college, uh, became a technician, and then was like, you know what? I'm not really strong. Um, I can't really <laughs> wrench well. So I love people and was like, you know, I'm going to kind of go into more of like the advising. And that's where I found Smart Motors and they found me and I've just kind of started from the bottom and now I'm here as a service manager. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you decided to stick with it. That's that's really cool. Yeah, me too. Hey, Lisa, for yourself, a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the business. Yeah, so my name is Lisa Jenner. I'm with Dealer Alchemist, and I got started in Houston, Texas. I came out of the Art Institute as a graphic designer, was working in corporate marketing in oil and gas in Houston. 9-11 hit, and nobody could get a job, and everybody got laid off. So I was living with my grandma, dead broke, started at the <laughs> bottom, now we're here, and uh, started my career in direct mail, 100% commission, was so hungry, I was salesperson of the year, first year on the job, doubled my quota, and I've never looked back. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Scott, for yourself, a little bit about yourself and how you guys started in the business. So my name is Scott Trainer. I'm the COO at USA Motor Jobs. I got started in the business. I out to high school. I actually started my mechanics course, my technician course. Realized that I don't like waking up early in the morning, and I was a bit too lazy to fix on things that were broken. Uh, so I went into sales. I started at 19. I was selling Toyotas. I finished. I was managing Canada's largest Mercedes-Benz dealer. Uh, until recently, I started a company with my partners, USA Motor Jobs. We launched down in the states. Did the big move and down now here in Tampa, Florida. So you migrated. Migrated, eh? <laughs> you migrated, eh? <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, look, the last 24 months has really been something. I mean, just from so many different perspectives, from from a people perspective on a talent acquisition to just service departments exploding, uh, you know, and from just just marketing and ad technologies, both new things that are coming up. So much has changed. Message has changed. There's no longer inventory. What do I do with it? There's just so many fundamental changes in the last 24 months. But I kind of love to kind of get your guys' perspective, you know, from people. People, process, technology, however you guys kind of want to take it, what are one of the biggest changes that you guys have kind of, you know, personally felt over the last 24 months? Rachel, I'll start with you and I'll work my way down to Scott. Sure. Uh, I think the biggest thing that I saw everybody kind of go through, especially my dealership, was the shift from 
you know, looking at like revenue numbers, um, kind of just having like a price tag with everything and, and hitting like, um, you know, metrics or KPIs to actually really looking at people because with the pandemic, um, it just really brought that aspect of how much we really need to care about each other and that that's really what everybody's looking for um, is the care and the connections. And now we've adapted all of these ways with, you know, technology, um, mm -hmm video MPIs, like finding what does the customer really want, um, as well as our employees, uh, you know, from a personal level. So I think there's a huge shift in going from more of like the numbers and, and sort of the like the, I don't know how you describe that, but um, to really looking at the people. Yes, it really kind of, you know, like for many, many years, we've kind of talked about how we're in, a, we're in a people business. We're a people business. Mm -hmm. But has that really ever kind of translated out into a process or operations or marketing efforts? And I would probably say not, but I have seen kind of a fundamental shift, you know, over the last 24 months where that kind of is been the case. The focus has, mm -hmm. you know, been the people, maybe the number of people, all right, um, how many tasks those people are taking, efficiencies and processes yeah. uh, across the board. So there's been a large, large emphasis in the last 24 months on people. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Rachel. Lisa, yeah. for yourself, what is some of the, maybe one of the biggest changes you kind of felt over the last 24 months or observed? Well, it's been very interesting. I mean, especially from a technology side and an advertising side where, you know, there was a point where dealerships were shutting down mm -hmm. and nobody was buying vehicles. So it was really scary. Um, I know there's some advertising companies that weren't able to sustain those changes. So to be on the other side, I'm super grateful for. Um, and just the buying uh, patterns have changed for individuals. Um, digital retailing has come full force. And so we've been able to adapt within those changes. Um, and then from pandemic right into inventory pinches, there's been a lot of changes. A lot, a lot. And, and it's uh, like budget changes, monster, Huge. right? Monster. And, you know, so, you know, budgets really tied down. What you do with those budgets, how you do like so many changes. I'm, I'm with you. And it's... Um, it's a little scary, but also kind of exciting because I think everybody that gets into automotive is they get into the business because they like a good challenge. So it's like, okay, challenge set. Let's go. So you don't know what's around <laughs> the other corner. You don't know what's coming That's next right. these days. <laughs> but you're going to go full throttle like my man Scott here did on my last podcast right out there. I could barely even hear what was going on with this. Yeah, yeah. I love you, man. You're my good. apologies. <laughs> I got a bit excited. Like, Scott, with shut idea. up over there. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we're, we're car people. We like, we like yes, revving we engines and burning we gas. Do, we do like, we do like revving engines. But, but Scott, for yourself, man, I mean, you know, definitely the talent acquisition side. Jeez. Right? Yeah. Well, what a monster we, change. We launched, honestly, three months before COVID hit down in the oh. States. So it was the worst timing we can to launch a career <laughs> portal. Now, we're not a recruiter agency, so we didn't. Uh, on that side, it saved us a bit, but it was mm -hmm. definitely a big change in the industry. Uh, trying to grow in the States when people were furloughing their employees uh, and they were trying to get them to post to hire. But it really changed the dealership's perspective on what they have to do now to attract new talent mm -hmm. in the sense that before... They were, there was people looking for jobs. Now everybody has a job. Everybody that wants to work has a job. So now it's completely changed the playing field where the candidates can almost shop the employer and the employer has to sell themselves on why the candidates should work for them. So it's really the, especially in the technician field, mm -hmm. it's the technician's choice right now and they have the upper hand. Oh, that's, that's actually true. Um, I, 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 if you can find me a technician, I'll, I'll move him to Canada. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure we can find a position for him. But, but no, you're right, though. I mean, look, it's always been a struggle to get good people, but I think even more so right now, because I think we're actually starting to realize as an industry what 
good people look like. You know, because I think what you saw in the last 24 months, you definitely saw kind of a, a cream rise to the top kind of a scenario. And you see that, you know, in, in the people that work in your service department and you're seeing that, you know, look, there was a flood of different ad tech solutions. But you saw the real ones kind of continue to rise and the other ones kind of start to fade out. And so y y you see a lot of that. And it's, it's a very interesting time. The companies have definitely had to almost reinvent themselves yes. or with their company culture and broadcast that new message. It's really reset almost the playing field in terms of employment and now the companies have to broadcast why the candidates should work for them what benefits they have what quality of life and people have realized now they don't just want to work in a job they no. want to grow and have a career so the employers that are offering career advancement are in the culture that people want to work for are the ones that are succeeding well, and, and I like the fact that you, you use the word growth because it really kind of is. I mean, you guys, I think those, you know, your observations over the last 24 months, I think we're absolutely spot on. And, uh, you know, but now it's like, I think we're kind of like coming over like this hump. And I hate using that because like, I remember that being told, you know, at the very beginning of this, we just have to get over the hump. <laughs> Two weeks to flatten the curve. What was this <laughs> mystical hump? Like, I want to know, was there an actual hump or was this yeah. like a something? No, I oh, well, in gonna, Canada, we had two was, weeks to flatten the curve, oh, which 18 curve, months later right. was what happened to two weeks to flatten the yeah, curve. We, we had to get over the hump. There we go. That, that <laughs> the hump of hump. Kilimanjaro. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but no, I think, I think, you know, with anything, when, when we get challenges coming out of those challenges are actually some amazing opportunities and possibilities. So here's what I like to do is kind of like, you know, looking into the future from this kind of point moving forward, what are things that you guys are really kind of excited of that you've seen start to change and you really kind of hope will continue to go kind of in your individual spaces? Rachel, I'll start with you and like, I'll work my way down to Scott. Yeah, it's in a way I can't quite get past this, but going to school for like a specialty, I've been like, you know, having a degree, I feel like is almost out the window because like now we're solely talking about in our interview process, even finding people doesn't matter if they have experience or not like we can teach skill all we want is the actual like uh you know personality and i, I think that's going to be a huge shift is that i don't want to say that don't go to college don't you know don't <laughs> better yourself but i don't think that's really the focus anymore um i think it's just finding those people that can work with people yeah I, I i think you're right because you know last 24 months we've seen within our own um, with our own companies, with our own operations, you know, uh, that, that you really kind of know what talent looks like now. Yeah. So and now, being open to change, like I, I think too is, uh, you know, not to bash any generations by any means, but there was a lot of the stuck in your own ways for a long mm -hmm. time. And now I feel like this is where it's, you just have to be ready for change. That's what we've learned from the last 24 months. Of That's right. A lot of coachable. Sorry, yeah. I, I didn't yeah, add the word coachable. Yeah. Very, yeah. very good. Lisa, for yourself, you know, kind of be in that ad tech space. Man, so many things have changed. Like so this this morning I was jamming with Pinterest. I got to be honest with you. I w Before <laughs> I talked to him, I'm like, wait, Pinterest? Like, that's, no? Cars? Hmm? What? I want to know what's on like, your Pinterest board, Jason. I don't. Uh, I, I, you know what? It's probably my daughter's. She uses my <laughs> phone for Pinterest, so I do get notifications for my board, their board. And like, that's a great board. I'm like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, so many things. So many things have changed. I mean, you got GA4 coming out. How that affects analytics and the way that we track things. You know, and just the overall changes in where cookie-less environment. Like, there's just so many things that are changing the ad tech. What are some of the changes that you've kind of seen or observed that you'd really kind of like to see continue to get executed moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I love the change of uh, GA4 coming through. Mm -hmm. I think that we are starting to 
uh, become more educated as an industry. And so we're starting to look deeper at the data points that actually matter and are significant. Uh, for our company, we build out the analytics for the dealers and we build out conversion goals so that they're mm -hmm. able to measure on the scale that they need to be able to. There's no proprietary reporting, which does a lot of roll up fun stuff. That'll <laughs> <laughs> be nice fun stuff. Fun stuff. Um, and I think also, uh, you know, in, in, in pivoting through the course of change over the last 24 months, one thing that really stands out is the uh, adaptive technologies that are coming forward. Mm. We have an adaptive technology at Dealer Alchemist. Um, and so we're really, piv we have pivoted to push the inventory that dealers have in transit and in stock and prioritize the budget there and not waste their ad spend on what would otherwise be their free organic traffic through brand and location terms. So mm -hmm. pivoting to uh, be product first for the consumers that are looking for them because they're, they're ready to look at a vehicle that they're, that's accessible to them today. Right. So pivoting right. for those changes is really important through tech. And, and, and 100% through tech, right? And but it also kind of has to, you know, be through process as well. You Absolutely. Know? Um, I, I think you know having that process of, of creating those marketing strategies is is it's different than what it was before, right? You you had large budgets, you know. I, I don't think everybody was counting every single dime, you know. And now it's now it's like no, we really have to hone it. We got to get super laser focused on what we can market and versus. So I, I see just kind of a, a total, just maybe um, uh, emphasis or a large emphasis on um, ad, ad spend and I would call it like over ad spend. So there was just so much ad waste. Totally, waste, right? there was so much ad waste and the big topic these days is automation. Mm, and yes. we also believe in automation and believe in machine learning and we want to leverage technology, but one big thing that's different that we do is we have expert modifications. So we have a team of humans that are monitoring the robots and making mm -hmm. sure that everything is really working in favor of the dealership and, and their products, you know. Well, it's all about efficiencies. It is all, all about, about efficiencies. efficiencies. And I, you know, I imagine, you know, even in the way that we're hiring and, and acquiring new talent, you know, it's like what we're saying, that it's, it's, it's about efficiencies. It's not, I don't think it's, it's enough just to go out there and say, hey, we're looking for somebody. Like we got to go a lot more in detail around what the job is, what the career path is. Um, for you, Scott, some of the big changes you've kind of seen happen over the next the last 24 months, but you hope that kind of continues to move forward. What would that be for you? Well, I think that it's kind of been a big reset in the last time, uh, few uh. months in, in terms of careers and what dealerships are doing. It was kind of always swept under the rug and ignored the fact that we were losing more than we were gaining into our industry, <laughs> uh, especially on the technician side. But this has really been the awakening, I think, that they needed. And now, at least the forward-thinking groups are out there um, concerned about how they're going to bring in the next generation, pushing the message, explaining that there's a great careers, and really changing the way they work internally and appreciating the fix offside, which I think was always neglected a bit uh, compared to the sales. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> Just a little. Just a little, Rachel, right? <laughs> so no, they're definitely realizing that it's crunch time to bring people in the industry. We have a great industry. Uh, there's great career paths in the industry. It's just we need to get the message out and to get the old image of the auto industry and really show people what it is today. 100%. You know, I... I I think as an industry, we're, we're, look, we're, we're a people, process, and technology industry. That's really kind of those three large, large pillars, right? Um, and I think you know some of the best leadership out there really embrace and own all three of those pillars. Um, but I definitely think there's, there's always room for improvements, right? So if there was anything that you guys would kind of improve from either a people, process, or technology perspective, I'd love to get all you guys' perspective on this. All right, what, what would you change and why? So Rachel, I'll, like I said, I'll start with you and kind of work my way down. Oh, people, like process, or technology. 
um, I guess <laughs> maybe this is a little <laughs> biased on my part, but um, what you're doing to onboard employees uh, of finding like those benefits, which happens to be my topic tomorrow here at the <laughs> Digital Dealer Conference. So, um, but really being creative, finding the ways to adapt um, between person to person, uh, finding what it is that makes them tick, uh, since everyone's motivation is different, um, and really sort of uh, personalizing each experience to get people. Yes. It's people business, women. right? And women. Yes. And women. Absolutely. Uh, Lisa, for yourself, right? I mean, like, like I said, we're a people process technology kind of industry. You know, I think, you know, we've done a great job of really kind of embracing some changes, but there's still always so much room for change, right? What would you love to kind of see change in our industry from one of those three factors and why? I would love to see, and I talk about radical truth a lot, and I would like to see more radical truth come through mm -hmm. in our industry, um, in process, in the way that we treat our customers, um, and definitely in digital advertising. Yeah, and I, yes. I would like to see more support and inclusion across the vendor dealership relationships and vendor to vendor relationships. Um, you know, there's a lot of this is mine and I don't want to share, and I would like to see more sharing and more sharing of knowledge and co-educating between technologies and processes in our industry. Uh, you know, I'm 100% with you. And I think there are some great vendors out there that really do kind of partner up and look at this from, you know, that this that we're, we're here ultimately for the dealer. Yeah. All right. And it's it's not a matter of just, you know, I have my cards, you have your cards. We need to share those cards. Absolutely. All right. And and, 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 I'm, and I'm with you. And I, think, I think some of the, again, that cream rise to the top scenario, it, we're also seeing it in the vendor space. Right, we're, we're seeing the vendors that are willing to collaborate and work side by side with each other for the betterment of the dealership. You know, and I'm with you. That is something I would love to. It, it's a very small amount, but I would love to see that as a monster change. That's a great one, Scott. For yourself, well, I'm going to pat myself on the back a bit for that one. Do I need to pat you? Thank yourself? you. There you go. All right. Because <laughs> we know what we do good, um, but we are partnering with other vendors. And first of all, we're going to stop the word vendor. We are dealer partners. Um, Ooh, we go. do Amen. care about yeah, the industry. I know too many dealers think we're selling them something, but we are there for the best of the industry. I've up actually upset many clients by telling them the hard truth, mm -hmm. but they needed to be heard. If nobody's advocating for the industry and telling them where they can improve, um, then they're not going to do so. But we have partnered up with others that are expertise in their fields so that we can offer the dealerships uh, full service and full... Um Sorry, I know the word in French. It <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounds uh, <laughs> full knowledge uh, from different, different aspects of the industry. And where I'd like to see them is to open their mind to the new ways of working and to the new ways the generation now wants to work. And they want a culture and it's about a lifetime and it's about having time off and a normal life outside the industry. Uh, times have changed. Back in the day, they didn't mind working 60 hours a week to make a living. Now people want a work-life balance and the progressive dealers do find ways to do that. We have many now that are offering technicians four-day work weeks. Yes. They're longer days, but the technicians appreciate it. And they're starting to realize that um, the employees are happier and just recognition and I just want them to realize that it's a family the automotive industry and they have to treat them like family I no, I look I, I'm with you 100% I think that's a change that that we see a little bit of but definitely one that I, th I think we'd like to see a lot more of um, speaking of just kind of changes in the conferences because we mentioned you know the conference now a couple times yes we are here 
in Tampa, Florida at the Digital Dealer Conference. And I, you know, I do love coming to these conferences. And I actually think they do a pretty darn good job about putting one on. Uh, they, they, they bring such an amazing mix of vendor speakers and dealer speakers and OEM speakers. Dealership partner, not vendor. Dealer partners, dealership partner. Damn, Amen. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what, though? I... I still find even now, you know, I feel like I've been coming to these events for almost 20 years, you know, it's like I still find find now that people come to these things and they don't get, they don't come in prepared. You know, they just kind of show up and let's see what kind of happens. But I do feel like, you know, you definitely got to come in with a mindset of willing to learn so that you can really kind of take some back. Um, you know, and it's, it's great to kind of hear from all you guys' perspective. You know, what is one thing that you hope people come to an event like this and really kind of extract out of, you know, all this amazing information that's being shared, they take it back to their dealership and put it into action. Rachel, what would be the one thing you hope someone takes away from this event? Uh, maybe just to realize that you can't do it by yourself. It takes everyone, and whether that's dealer partners or <laughs> I had to throw <laughs> that in there, um, or you know, just networking with other dealers or you know, other like you know, similar people, um, meeting just people in general. I think you you just have to be open to those relationships. I think oh, you're 100 percent right. Right, you got to come in here, not. Not, not knowing, not thinking that I'm just going to learn from everyone else, but what also can I contribute to it, right? Like it's really kind of be a part of it, part of the sessions. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Lisa, for yourself, what's one thing maybe you hope people can take away and put into action? I think coming uh, to a convention, to a digital dealer is always inspiring for me. Mm -hmm. So I get out of my tunnel, my little box, and I get out and I network with other dealer partners. And it's mm -hmm. I always come away so inspired by somebody's story. Uh, somebody's collaboration, what somebody's doing that's new, whether it's a somebody that, I mean, I was very inspired by April Simmons speaking on stage mm -hmm. yesterday uh, on behalf of dealers, and she talked a lot about GA4. So I think coming here to be inspired and open your mind, it creates additional ideas and processes, and that would be what I would hope people would take away from these things. That's a good one. And Scott. that you're not alone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think I'm going to piggyback on that one. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. that was a right nail on the head. If you're coming here, a lot of dealerships uh, preach that they're open-minded and they're willing mm -hmm. to change. However, seeing them put that in action is not always the same case. So if you're coming here, be open, <laughs> be listen. I actually got <laughs> I explained it well to one, uh, at least I know them very well, but they said, oh, they don't like being uh, bothered or being too... Uh, sold on if you will from the dealership <laughs> partners and then the follow-up so i'm like but you're coming to an event be open be listen mm -hmm. and i said at the same time is that not a bit hypocritical because that's what you're exactly asking your <laughs> sales representatives to do is to constantly call the customer be on the customer abc <laughs> exactly and then he said you know what you're right i didn't look at it that way so i think we should <laughs> but no be open i mean i've networked with just as many uh dealership partners here as i have dealerships so it's really there's a lot to learn here just be open-minded and uh, the partnerships are growing the industry will benefit from it no, uh, that's how you extract the most out of events like this, for sure. Look, guys, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our conversation, uh, but I do want to ask you guys one more question because you guys all come from very unique, let's call it verticals within that automotive space, right? Um, for anybody that's looking to get into this industry, because I think we we'll all agree, this is an amazing industry to be in. It really is, right? The, the, the people are amazing. Uh, the financial opportunities are amazing. You know, the growth opportunities are amazing. 
but that's not, I don't think that's how maybe just the general population out there sees it. So for anybody out there that may be thinking about getting into the industry, you know, maybe in, your, in the vertical that you're in right now, what advice would you give those people? Rachel, I'll start with you and I'll work my way to Scott. I almost hate being first because, okay. <laughs> because I got to think about it. Um, I, I guess the first thing that, it. what's that? So the, I'm the coming into service. Why should I come do it, Rachel? Because <laughs> we'll always be here for you. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> you know, uh, I, whether it's an actual car or a plane or something, you know, I don't know what transportation will be like in 50 <laughs> years, but um, uh, you're always going to need someone to help you get to where you need to go, whatever the method that is. So I feel like in a way it's not job security because I feel like that just sounds... Well, you know, it, look, not it what is. I want to there say, is an element to it, right? I mean, when yeah. we think about it, you know, especially with us being from Canada, we had a tremendous amount of closures, uh, closures, right? Uh, but dealerships weren't closed, mm -hmm. right? They were deemed to, to be a necessity. So you, you're actually 100% right there. And there's just yeah. not not only that, but it's just unlimited opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, there really is. I mean, I, I guess it's really hard to answer that because there's like 50 reasons. <laughs> 100 you know, yeah. uh, Thanks, Rachel. Lisa, for yourself, what advice would you give someone thinking about coming into maybe your, your space within the automotive industry? So I'm a small town girl from the middle of nowhere where Walmart's <laughs> an hour away. And I moved to the big city and I had big hopes and dreams and aspirations. And this industry has provided me a huge like financial benefit because I work hard I'm not getting capped in a corporate job and it's empowered me as a woman in an industry that is predominantly male and I feel like we're part of the change so I would say it's been life-changing for me mm -hmm. absolutely um, and I've been able to do things and have experiences through this industry um, that I never would have dreamed that I would have had. That's so awesome. That's awesome. You can come from a small town and do big things. Well, but you know, there actually there's some truth to that, and that's one thing I do. Like, I, look, I think of automotive sometimes, and I think you maybe have heard me. I've described it as the island of misfit toys. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember that. Remember that yeah. that old yeah. Christmas movie? Uh, was, it was, it was Rudolph. Yeah, Rudolph. Rudolph. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, I, and because that is literally what automotive well, no, is. Abominable somewhere. Thank you. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's right. You got to put one foot in front of the other. Remember that? Um, so, but, but, but no. That's the automotive industry. It doesn't necessarily matter if you, if you, if if you went to a university and you got an MBA. Right. Uh, it doesn't necessarily matter if you even graduated from high school. I, if you, you know, if you're young or you're old, it's just the industry doesn't care, you know. And and I think that's that's where we're getting. Maybe in the past where we've not been, but that's what I think the industry is now, and it's quite exciting. You know, Scott, for yourself, what what advice would you give someone? I think we just need to get the message out that the industry is completely different than it was 10 years ago. Yes. Uh, gone are the days of the stereotypical car salesperson mm -hmm. or service manager. It's constantly evolving and constantly changing. It's almost a social media and branding now. So anybody who's good at social media, has a great TikTok, has a great presence, knows how to market themselves, will absolutely crush it in sales. So they can realize that they can make a great career just out of branding themselves, which they already do, and that the industry is always evolving, and especially with the electric push and everything, even the technicians, you almost love technology. You're not there changing oil anymore. You love the technological advancements that are always changing, so it's, it's completely changed, and I think we need to put that message out. 
I, I agree with you. I, I definitely think that's something that we can do as an industry. And for people out there that are maybe watching, listening, and thinking about getting in the industry, there are literally limitless opportunities. So please do so. Hey, this has been such a fun conversation. It really has. And thank you guys so much for taking the time to jam with me. This thank you very much for having thank us. You. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Tuning in to the Matador Yachtcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.